Tommy's with me today. We'll get started in a moment. Uh, I want to tell you quickly about Window Nation and the opportunity that you have if you've been thinking about new windows. I urge you to give Window Nation a shot. It's not going to cost you anything. You get a free estimate. It can be a free virtual estimate if you want. You're more comfortable doing it that way. Or they'll come in home and give you an estimate, and they'll do so following all of the CDC guidelines. But Window Nation just announced that they have installed their one millionth window. What does that mean for you? A celebration of savings with 50% off all window styles, no payments, no down payment required, and you won't pay interest for 24 months. Call them at 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com. That's 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. Schedule a free virtual or in-home estimate, no risk. Tell them that Kevin Sheehan sent you. You want it. You need it. It's what everyone's talking about. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Now, here's Kevin. You're listening to The Sports Fix. A Sports Fix Thursday, Tommy, by phone. And man, what a show today's show will be. We don't even have a rundown for the show. We don't have a plan for the show because things are breaking and coming out as we're doing the show. I am going to tell you up front that it is 10.45 a.m. Eastern Time. And by the time some of you get to this podcast, it will seem or could seem very dated, Tommy, as we say in the trade. I had been standing on the show today and had to give out that same disclaimer that by the time people listen to the show, a lot of what uh, we had talked about could be, you know, uh, out. it could be dated. There could be new information. We didn't have... Well, the- I think... I, I think people think when they listen to the sports fix, time stands still. Well, maybe they do. I didn't have the Larry Michael um, story when I was doing the show yesterday with Ben, so we didn't have a chance to talk about that. We will get to that, among other things. But today's show, um, I, you know, we, we did talk prior to the show about discussing their tight ends and whether or not we wanted to do a segment on the Redskins tight end situation. I, you know, I'm not necessarily convinced Thaddeus Moss is going to be the answer. I like Jeremy <laughs> Sprinkle. You said you would prefer, you know, Richard Rodgers getting the best chance to play. Nobody cares about this football team. I wanted to just mention something real quickly before we get into all of the, you know, breaking news and the stories that are out there and all of the media people, Tommy, in town, um, you know, teasing what they may or may not know. We'll get to all of that in a moment. But did you pick up on the press release that the Redskins sent out yesterday about Jeff Scott? I'm going to tell you what I what what someone sent to me this morning that I did not have for the radio show because I didn't notice it and I didn't look at this press release, but I looked at it after they sent me a text after the show this morning. Um, Does this involve Donnie Warren? No, Jeff Scott has been okay. uh, the director of football strategy and a scout in the organization, and he's been in the organization for several years now. So yesterday the team announced that they promoted Scott to the role of assistant director of pro scouting advanced coordinator. That's basically the Richard Mann position. So he got promoted to that position. What was very interesting, it was as was pointed out by a friend of mine via text this morning after the show, is that there was no mention of Redskins and there was no Redskins logo or anything on the press release. Now, the only mention of Redskins is in email addresses for their three PR people, you know, Sean, Jesse, and Charlie. Their, their, their email addresses are still redskins.com email addresses, but this is the first press statement since Monday's statement about the team name, and, it, and it, it's titled, Washington Promotes Jeff Scott to Assistant Director of Pro Scouting Advanced Coordinator, and then opens with, Washington announced today, and doesn't mention Redskins, it's all about Washington in the press release. I just, he pointed this out, a friend of mine pointed this out, and I went and read it, and I'm like... Well, they have now moved on officially. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's something else going on there. What? Uh, I'm trying to get to you right now. 
what's his title? Uh, Jeff Scott's new title is Assistant Director of Pro Scouting slash Advanced Coordinator. What are you trying it to do? It was reported a couple of days ago that Donnie Warren was hired as Washington's Assistant Director of Pro Personnel. Right. Uh, what, the, which is true. The, right. Pro personnel, this is pro scouting. I, I don't know. Maybe they have two of them. Oh. I mean, okay. Alex Santos and Richard Mann were both on the pro side, not the college side, in terms okay. of you know their, their organizational front office uh, chart. You know, Alex was always their pro scout. Uh, you know, I, I've heard a lot of different things. And obviously he was fired with no explanation. And, you know, we're all thinking that he's going to be a part of whatever – you know, comes out here, um, I guess, at some point. But, um, yeah. I mean, we never got any official word that Donnie Warren was hired, did we? I thought we did. Oh, we didn't, get a, pre- sure. we didn't get a press statement. No. We that, didn't get a press release or anything. It's been reported. That's true. That's true. It's been reported. They didn't send out a press statement. So I, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I don't know the answer to that. You know, Kyle Smith is the overseer of player personnel. He's the VP of player personnel. And then remember, they've got the guy, Tim Gribble, who is now the director of college scouting. And then Alex Alex and Richard Mann's positions were taken by Jeff Scott, who was just promoted. And I guess I was thinking Don Warren. I'm now going to their website to see if they've updated their front office organizational chart. Um, Dan Snyder's still the owner. Robert Rothman, <laughs> Dwight Shar, and Fred Smith are still the ownership group. Doug Williams is still the senior VP of player development. Rob Rogers is the senior VP of football administration. He's the guy that took Eric Schaefer's spot. You've still got, you know, Stephen Choi, the CFO, Scott Shepard, uh, Chris Bloyer, um, and then you get to player personnel. Kyle Smith, Tim Gribble, Jeff Scott, Brian Zetchis is the personnel coordinator pro scout. Uh, Donnie Warren is not. They have updated this because there's no more Alex Santos or man. And I do not see anywhere Donnie Warren on this. So maybe he didn't get hired. Look at what we're oh, just maybe. look at what we're just figuring out as we just you know you, all we got to do is turn the mics on and start talking and then we start figuring things out <laughs> with no preparation today. So so this is the big Donnie Warren mystery. Did he get hired or not? And if he did get hired, did he suddenly say to him, "Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll just stay home in Carolina and, and watch uh YouTube videos. I'm not coming to that place. We don't know what happened with this whole Dottie Warren thing. Well, you know, this could be all a diversion. All this stuff could be a diversion about the big Dottie Warren story. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling we've stumbled onto Dottie Warren has actually not been hired by the organization. Yeah. Because we also got that Eric Stokes, you know, who got hired from the Panthers a few days ago to be the director of pro scouting. Let me see if they've got him on the org chart. They don't. They don't have him on here either. So maybe they're just still, it's still in flux. I don't, I don't know anything about Donnie Warren and whether or not it's, he's Except in or not. he should be in the ring of fame. Of he course. Yeah, and he okay. is a three-time Super Bowl champion. We know that yes. too. Um, okay. And a hell of a nice guy, by the way. A hell of a nice guy. All right. So, well, we start with this. The post story has not come out yet. The story that we think is going to be uh, put out by the post. Everybody seems to think it's the post, but even that hasn't been completely, uh, you know, uh, finalized or reported, but I think we all know, um, that, uh, that it's going to be a Washington Post story. I think, Tommy, let me start with this, if I may. I think the most newsworthy item between last night and right now that I've been able to find was the Josina Anderson report. Josina Anderson, who is no longer with ESPN, interestingly, um, she left ESPN in June, and I thought Josina did a phenomenal job as a reporter at ESPN. Absolutely. 
And Josine has always had an in through the Redskins organization. She's been, she's always reported a lot of stuff and been close she to the Redskins. She did a lot of the Trent Williams reporting. Yes, she did. Um, yeah. She sent out a tweet very early this morning saying that a source on the forthcoming news involving the Washington NFL team, lawyers are involved. That was the tweet. I think we talked about this. I think I may have suggested this to you on the... No, it wasn't you. To Ben. I think I suggested this to Ben on the podcast as to why the story wasn't out. And I said, it's very possible that lawyers are involved. That there's some legal you know, delays. That people are concerned and making sure that whatever is going to come out in that story, they feel really good about so that they you know, have a legal leg to stand on when they get sued. Well, look, any, any publication with the resources to do so would have a story like this go through lawyers. Right. You know, I mean, that, that would be standard. I mean, you, you know, go back and watch the movie The Papers uh, about the Pentagon Papers. Yeah, I love it. That was, a, that was a good movie. Yeah. Uh, of, of the vetting process, uh, I think still in some places like the Post, where a story like this would go through. Now, somebody suggested uh, on social media that this could all wind up just the story could wind up being spiked, and we could never see anything. And I pointed out that let's not forget it was the New York Times that broke the cheerleader story. Right. And I pointed out there's more sharks in the water. Than just the Washington Post, and in this day and age, never count out TMZ. Uh, I was just going to mention that I have been, yeah. I have been all morning long, just every once in a while checking with TMZ Sports. Because, yeah, because again, if if the if I mean the Post may be working on something, but uh, I guarantee you that other news sources uh, at this point since the alarm has been sounded, with the resources to do so, are working on the same thing. So what you're suggesting is it's very possible that we will get um, the scaled-down version from the Post. We won't get everything that they know because of concerns that they have over legal ramifications. No, I'm not. I'm today, someone suggested that on social media today that, this could all be just be nothing. We, we could never see, you know, the light of what really was going on. And I pointed out, and I just was pointing out, that there's more people trying to shine the light other than the Post, I'm sure, on this story. So, uh, at, you know, at, at some point, somebody may... I'm, I'm just pointing out that I, I just don't think uh, everyone has to wait and see what the Post does here. I think there are other sharks swimming in, in the ocean. But somebody that pointed that out to you was suggesting that as perhaps the Post may be having to back off some of what they have, right? Yes. Okay, yes. I just want to make sure I'm clear on that. And what yes. you're saying yes. is that's fine, but there are other people that will roll the dice and go with it. There may be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean at this point, since everybody... Uh, in America knows there's a story coming. If you have the resources to compete for that story, you've sent your reporters digging for that. I mean, look, ESPN has top investigative reporters like Don Vanatta and guys like that. I guarantee people like that are all over a story like this. And everyone's, everyone is, is, is trying to get to the finish line. So there are a couple of things um, related to this. First of all, we don't have it yet. Um, we don't know what it is. There's a possibility we may not get the whole thing. All of these things are in play. We just don't know. I'll be very clear like I was yesterday. I, like probably a lot of media people in town, I have such a minimal amount of information that I can't even confirm, but was like many media people in town given a heads up that there was a potential bombshell story that was going to come out uh, about the culture of the organization um, without a lot of specifics. Now, once I hear that, I can start to guess on what some of the specifics are because I've 
you know, uh, we've we've all sort of known some of the things that have been going on or heard stories about things that have go- that have been going on, and people who will say, "Well, you you why haven't you told us those stories?" Well, some of them we have, and others you don't say because you're not entirely sure, and you're not going to damage somebody's reputation or hurt somebody personally without knowing it for sure. And even in those cases, I mean, you got to be very be, be very careful. But I really don't know anything about what's going to be in this story. I, like many of you, have been following this on social media for the last 48 to 60 hours and have read a lot of things. I mean, there's a story that came out this morning um, with a title about sex trafficking in Dan Snyder, and it looked to me to be a bogus website. Like, I got it at 7.15 this morning, and CJ and I are looking at it, and I'm like, I'm not t- I'm not reading anything from this story. This, yeah. I mean, this, this looks like a fake site to begin with. So, And I don't know if that's even true. You're going to have a lot of that going on. What became a huge trend on Twitter last night, Dan Snyder was the number one trend for a long period of time last night and this morning, I don't know if he is anymore, is these two words together, Dan Snyder and Jeffrey Epstein. That thing took off last night. But I don't know, and I, you know, y- you can speak next. I don't have anything definitive other than my belief that there is a big-time story planned to come out from the Washington Post that would deal with the, the organization's culture primarily over a period of time, and it will be damaging. Other than that, I can't help you right now. I can't. Others may feel like they can help you, and others are certainly indicating on Twitter that they got it all. They got the whole thing, but they just won't say it. Um, But that's where I am right now. Where are you? I'll tell you what the most credible uh, nuggets I've got. The ones that I, I mean, basically what I've got is reaction to whatever this is. I don't have anything that I would consider credible about what the story is about. What I consider credible is the reaction that I have to the story from high-ranking people in the league. Uh, And it was two two descriptions. One was uh, the next 40, and this was uh, last night. I was told the next 48 hours are going to be key to all this. And B, it could be Carolina Part 2. As in Jerry 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 Richardson. Richardson. And the Carolina Panthers, but that that comes; those two things come from a source that I uh, would be very plugged in. Uh, but as far as what what will cause those things to happen, I I couldn't even begin to to talk about that. Yeah, um, Jerry Richardson, who was the owner of the Panthers, was forced to sell his team. Um, after a report back in 2017 um, that four former Panthers employees uh, received a significant monetary settlement due to inappropriate workplace comments and conduct by owner Jerry Richardson, including sexually suggestive language and behavior. Um, And I think there was also something in there about a racial slur uh, as well at one point. Uh, I could be wrong about that. are you saying that the compa- the 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 comparison with um, with Richardson was about being forced to sell the team, or it was a comparison to the specific reasons he was forced to sell the team? It was a comparison to the specific reasons. Okay. Uh, but again, uh, you know, uh, as, in terms of going into those reasons. Uh, that's, that's the murky playground right now that's on social media that I don't want to play in. Yeah, nor do I, I'm, I'm entertained by it. I'm entertained by it. And I did say, you know, with you on Tuesday and on Monday, I believe that there's a bombshell of a story, but I did not know. I have no details. I do want to read some of these tweets though, from last night, and I'm going to read one specifically from, 
a gentleman who's a good friend of mine, um, who I will mention here uh, shortly because this was very out of character uh, for him in particular. It's somebody you know as well. But last night, just the incredible um, social media storm over this story and what it was going to be about and you know people getting you know out there trying I you look I don't know what their intent was um, in terms of what they're really uh, trying to do I, I did want to mention real quickly um, that that a friend of mine texted me early this morning maybe it was late last night saying um, Redskin fans should receive a salary for being Redskin fans because <laughs> it is hard work um, and I also, uh, got a tweet and I think you did too from Josh who said, remember when we used to call it rock bottom, when this team had a bad season and changed coaches, that was cute. Um, yeah, I get that. But, uh, so the, um, the, 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 the tweets started Dave Ross, who used to be in this market, uh, channel five and did some work on the radio station. Uh, in fact, yeah, absolutely. I remember Dave. Yeah. Ross. Is, Great guy. is Dave in Chicago now? I forget where he is. Um, he was in Chicago. Dave tweeted out, uh, very late last night, early this morning. Um, just remember what our parents should have taught us. You reap what you sow. Sorry not to be more detailed, but you'll understand why. Get some sleep, DC. It's all come out coming out very, very soon. Uh, Darren Haynes, who's the Channel 9 sportscaster. Sources are telling me so, S-O-O-O-O, much bad stuff that's about to come out about the Redskins. I could tweet details, but you can clearly see it's already all over Twitter. It's disgusting in capital letters if it's all true. I'm going to bed now. This was supposed to be my vacation week. Then, well, you remember, I mean, okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Please interrupt. I mean, Jason Lockenfora. Uh, that was the night before, of, of course. For. Yeah. Uh, he was one of the guys who tweeted out some speculation, which I really didn't think he should have. But he did, in what he said, he, called, he used the word sick. Sickening. Sickening. He said yeah. what? Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, which, which, which was pretty bold. I mean, pretty stark to use that word to describe this. And that, that seems to be a common thread. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but the Matador tweeted out Josh Norman. Oh, yeah. I was, I've got that one ready to read, too. I've got that okay. one. I'm going to read that one here okay. in a moment. But um, Jason's tweet from Tuesday night, Tuesday night, um, I'm trying to, to find it here. God, he tweets a lot and retweets an awful lot. And when people tweet a lot and retweet a lot, and you're trying to get just from a day earlier what their tweet was, it takes a while because it's a lot of scrolling through a yeah. lot of tweets. Um and I'm not there yet, so we'll just uh, – oh, here, it's coming up. It's got to be coming up here. Um, come on, Jason. Where are you, brother? Where's your tweet from the other night? Whatever. He basically – oh, here it is. I finally found it. The warped and toxic culture of the Washington football team is about to be exposed in a sickening fashion again. And on Tuesday night, Julie Donaldson from NBC Sports Washington, you know, described what we were going to hear as sad and disturbing, I think it was. Um, but uh, last night, I, I just read Darren Haynes. How about Chuck's tweet? Did you see Chuck's tweet? Yes, I did. Chuck Sapienza, our former program director at 980. Um, who worked for the Redskins uh, on their with their on their in charge of their game day uh, celebrate preparation? He did. He doesn't anymore. Yes. Yeah. No, he did. Yeah. Chuck produced the games. Not Chuck. Not only produced the games on radio, but he was the statistician as well yes. in some of those situations. God, I think he enjoyed doing stats on those games more than anything else he did. He loved that. Um, he did stats for me uh, when I called a couple of those bowl games, um, the military bowl games. Uh, Chuck tweeted out, Chuck is the program director at 105.7, I think it is, in Baltimore. It's the Vinny Serrato station. It's also the station that Jason Lock and Four is on now. Um, yes. Chuck tweeted out, if everything I'm hearing about this article is true, it would not surprise me if by this time next season, Washington will have a new owner of its professional football franchise. 
Um, then Josh Norman, you mentioned what, what Josh Norman uh, uh, sent out yesterday. Look, don't ask me no questions, but I will say this. What goes around comes around. What's done in the dark will surely come to light. God seems to always have a way of repositioning his people at the right time to reveal truths without saying a single word. <laughs> Cryptic, I would say. But here's, Absolutely. But here's my favorite. Um, my favorite came from my good friend of many, many years, Joe Yasharoff. You read Joe's tweet last night, right? Yes. Okay. So for those that don't know Joe, Joe was a media member for years and years, a behind-the-scenes producer, senior producer, coordinating producer, executive at Comcast Sportsnet, um, which is now NBC Sports Washington. Joe teaches at the journalism school out at Maryland, the Merrill Journalism School that George Solomon for years um, put together and ran, and recently George retired. Um, and Joe teaches a class out there. Joe and I worked together for Buck um, way back when we were in our early 20s. And um, we've been friends ever since. And everybody who knows Joe really likes Joe. And let me just tell you before I read what he tweeted out last night, that Joe is an incredibly conservative thinking human being. I'm not talking about politically, because he's actually very liberal politically, but that's, that's beside the point. He's just not a risk taker. That's not his personality. You know, if he's going to tweet something out or if he's going to say something, he's going to be damn sure. And Joe probably has a lot of contacts. He's made a lot of contacts over the Absolutely. years. Absolutely. So last night was completely out of character for him. Um, he tweeted out the following, not meant to be cryptic, apologies if it comes across that way, Dan Snyder is going to be in trouble once the story comes out. Big trouble. Possibly no choice but to sell the team trouble. The story has to drop Thursday. Too much is starting to trickle out. See you tomorrow. That was Joe's tweet. Out of character for him. Very much so. What's really funny, and I texted him uh, last night afterwards, because the night before, when everybody was tweeting, um, you know, and everybody was getting annoyed because nobody was giving details on any of this, um, he tweeted out the following. Um, I'm going to find it here. Uh, bear with me. Um, hey, Joe doesn't tweet that much. It shouldn't be that hard to find. He d he's been tweeting a lot in the last couple days. <laughs> uh, basically, the night before, he basically criticized everybody for saying they had something without saying what it was. You know, uh, like and well, so. Well, I, look. I, oh, here it I is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. The night before. Okay, no more teases, folks. People are sick of them. I get it now. It's annoying. Everybody knows that you, I, we know. They don't care. Now let whoever is actually going to break the story break it. And no taking credit for it unless you broke it. Knowing something doesn't count. That was the night before. And then, I know. And then he tweeted out, and I, I texted him last night. I said, you just did what you, you criticized everybody. He said, no, no, no. He said, I had an extra morsel in my story about Dan Snyder being in sell the team trouble. And I said, ah, I love Joe. And he, I guarantee you, he's got information. He wouldn't have tweeted out what he tweeted out without it. But what we got all night last night and what we're continuing to get is a lot of people that claim they know something but aren't telling us what they know. And by the way, I understand that to a certain point. If you're not entirely sure, you have to be careful, especially if it involves something that could really damage somebody. Yeah, but listen, I mean, the, the only reason that journalists are doing this, the only reason is so when the news does come out, they can say to their followers, look, I told you it was coming. Right. I knew this. I just could, didn't write it, but I knew it. This is all cover-your-ass tweets. That's what they are. They're basically to show... Show your followers that, look, I'm, I'm really plugged in. I really know what's going on. I just don't have all the details. That's you, all they are. It's, it's, have a lot of have it, you been doing that? People, well, let me explain. 
Okay. Explain. Hold on, I, I'm pulling you know, up your Twitter. On, I go on uh, Sad Duke's show every Wednesday uh, at 5 o'clock, and when I was on with Sad yesterday, I, I basically ripped people for this. I said that this is just, you know, to show people that I, just like I described to you, I basically ripped everybody for doing this. That said, I had just tweeted a little bit earlier in response to the Larry Michael news about him leaving, shoes dropping, Bigfoot coming. Shoes but, dropping, Bigfoot coming, yeah. But that was a direct response to the voice of the Redskins suddenly re- retiring yeah. with no fanfare or nothing from the team, per se, out of the blue. I mean, that combined with what I knew, which I, was, I, had not, I still have not tweeted or, or anything like that, I thought the Larry Michael move basically opened the door for, you know, something is going on, something really is going on here, and here's proof. Here's proof. I mean, combined with the two guys who were fired before this the Larry Michael, uh, you know, resignation was why didn't you very, t- why very... didn't you tweet what you learned and you just said to me about having someone tell you that it could be a Jerry Richardson situation? Well, because, because I I think that's irresponsible. I, I to talk about it with you. I mean, this is a different kind of medium. I'm I'm more <laughs> of a columnist <laughs> with the Washington Times right. on on Twitter. And I'm reluctant to do something like that. <laughs> uh, look, look, there's a great line in the movie Biloxi Blues, uh, Neil Simon uh, play, uh, where Matthew Broderick points this out. He, he said something like, when, when you put something on paper, no, it's when you write something, it takes on a whole different meaning. And, it could, and we don't talk about paper anymore. We're talking about, you know, uh, character bites. We're talking about computer bites. But when you do, when you type something out, it means something more than when you say it. It just has a different impact. So I, I was reluctant to do what I just talked about with you and still will not do on social media. But I did feel that the Larry Michael thing would indicate to any reasonable person, let alone the one you know, with the information I had, that if Larry Michael is, is being forced to walk the plank, there will be others. I do want to mention John Kime um, because John, who's a veteran reporter um, and is a true reporter, I mean, he's not a columnist, really. He's a reporter. He covers a team for ESPN. And I saw this this morning. Somebody <coughs> tweeted to him, is this news going to be really bad? And John, unlike a lot of people in the media the last couple of days, wrote the following, not my story, you either have all the facts and can report something, or you don't. Otherwise, it's just noise. That's a good point. I mean, that, that's, a very, that's a very good point. I think it's a good uh, point that what, should be made to reporters. What, what, yes, that's true, but we're opinion makers. Well, uh, opinion, opinion. I haven't tweeted anything um, about this. I, I don't, I don't no. want to because I don't have anything that would really further the conversation that's just the truth you know and we you and i've had some conversations um privately over the last couple of days about different conversations we've had and different calls we've gotten or different calls that we've made but i i've told you i'm like i i it could be true but i i can't get a second person to tell me that it's true and in fact the second person said no there's no way that can be true so it's very um I'm going to let people who investigative report do it, and then we'll read it and we'll have a lot of reaction to it. We we need to have a reaction to, to the Larry retirement, which was sudden. But before we get to that, I do want to ask you, because I find the last, and I found the last two days, to be unprecedented with respect to a story that hasn't come out, at least in sports. I don't remember anything resembling the buzz around and the anticipation for this story. Does anything come to mind for you? Nothing comes to mind. 
No, nothing comes to mind. It's a product of the times, uh, and uh, I, I don't recall any story that was promoted so heavily by competitors without knowing what the story really was. I, it's true, and you know a big part of that is obviously the Redskins, the Skins, the Washington Football Club has been in the news. You know, it's been a stunning last several weeks. The team's name is gone. The owner uh, had three minority partners who wanted out. Um, there's discussion that the owner may want to sell even before this story became uh, known to people, known to media members in town. And one of the big reasons there's a, a shitload of anticipation for this is because, Tommy, so many people, uh, fans, number one, lots of media people would love to see Dan Snyder go down. And if you're a fan, see him no longer own this team. This is an utterly unique there, – there are places where they hate the owner. I'm not suggesting this is the only place. But there is right now an expectation, and I'm afraid they might be disappointed. I don't know. Maybe they won't be. I say they. We. I'd be disingenuous if I told you that I didn't want a new owner. I've wanted a new owner forever. I'm not, I'm not wishing personal you know, tragedy – to to uh to to get to that conclusion at all but if if there is a story out there that leads to him surviving and not having his life wrecked but having to force uh, but being forced to sell the team I'm all for that and the significant majority of the fan base is for that too this isn't Jerry Richardson, I don't know if he was a popular owner or not, but he had a decent team and seemed to be a decent owner. Um, and maybe people knew a lot of things about him. But this has been an owner that people have been you've, – you've suggested over the years that it's going to take something like this to get him out, and maybe it'll happen one day. Yeah, I, I called it the trifecta for uh, Dan Snyder leaving. Uh, scandal, suspension, sale. Yeah. The three S's, uh, because it's hard and it's hard to get rid of an owner, yeah. even an owner the other owners don't like. There's this mentality among owners: uh, well, if they can get rid of that guy, then maybe next time they can get rid of me. So they're very protective of each other in in, in that way. Uh, what's interesting is, I mean, look, I'm not a I'm not a Skins fan. Uh, I. I could care in some ways. I, I don't want to say I could care. I, I don't know what the hell to think, Kevin. I really don't. I'm confused because, I mean, because I don't care in a way what, what happens to the team one way or the other, except how it affects my job. And <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't know. If, if Dan Snyder is forced out as the owner... I don't know how I would act. I don't know how I don't know how to do my job anymore. Well, I don't we, know what to do. I said to you last night, we were talking Tommy and I were talking last night and I said imagine that he sells the team and Jeff Bezos takes over and it's like a real live competent organization and I said to Tommy, "What in God's name will you do? You've been institutionalized like in Shawshank Redemption. Like yeah. when Andy Dufresne and Red had the conversation about old Brooks being institutionalized. You know, yes, it's I'd like, be like I'd be like an inmate <laughs> on the outside saying, I don't know how to live out here. I don't know how to live out here. Uh, boss, can I go to the bathroom? I, I, I need to stop bagging these groceries for a couple of minutes. You, you, hey, you can just go to the bathroom. You don't have to ask me. Well, you've been institutionalized. What would you do? If they I were really now, 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 <laughs> the fact that you, that people keep picking Jeff Bezos. Listen, Jeff Bezos would be easy to hate. That 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 could turn real quickly. He's he's not a likable figure. I agree with you. Okay? I mean, it's subjective, but okay. I agree. I, I find, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so that would be. But he might be. But he. But he might be a much more competent. He might owner. be very good. Yeah, he might be really good at it too, or. Good at, like if he runs it like he did the like he has the post, put smart people in charge, and, and I don't know 
I don't know how much influence Bezos has at the Post, but Marty Barron is a pretty good, pretty respected editor in, in the business. He's certainly not a Vinnie Serrato or Bruce Allen. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in those circumstances. But you're right. I mean, I'm the guy who came up with the aura of self destruction. That's gone. If Snyder is gone. I mean, the, the, the Surgeon General's warning that says it doesn't matter who coaches the team or who plays for the team. You'll never win with Dan Snyder, still as Dan Snyder owns the team. That's gone too. What am I going to do? Uh, we'll find stuff to talk about. Don't you worry. I know you're really concerned about what you would do if the, if the organization all of a sudden has an aura of competency um, and they start winning. Um, but th- th- there's a long road to get to that. And there are no guarantee. Look, there is a guarantee pretty much that you'll get a better owner because it's really hard to get one that's worse. But there's no guarantee that you'll get a great owner. You know, there's there there, and by the way, there are well-owned teams that don't win. I do and have continued to get um, uh, get a a kick out of those that really get on the media in these times. I just think that's fascinating to me. You know, I've got callers, one in particular, Ivan, who many of you you know here call in, and um, you know, it's it's always about how the media has basically. Uh, been the reason that this franchise has failed. And it's yeah. just like 142, 193, and one with two playoff wins in 21 years, and lots of quarterbacks, and lots of coaches, and just lots of dysfunction and incompetency and embarrassment um, that's been discussed by the media. And in the uh, in a lot of the media, like in what we do, there are a lot of people like me who are fans of the team in addition to being media. And so we feel it emotionally when they're as bad as they've been, where they're as dysfunctional as they've been. Um, but you and I both know in what we do that if you're not honest, it won't work. Like if you, uh, you yes. how, for how many years did people think, oh, you're owned by the Redskins, you can't say anything critical, and we would all be like, uh, just listen, um, because you know we would even tell them, look, you can't, you can't rah rah the team when they're four and twelve. No one will take you seriously. Um, but I, I, I have found some of that to be interesting. That's really a, a, a small group. Not to mention the fact, as we've discussed many times, D.C. is hardly a difficult media market. Um, it's, just not, it's just not even in the top ten of really here's, difficult here's media the, bases. Here's the issue. It's a difficult media time for everybody, no matter where you are. So if somebody comes to D.C., from someplace they were had been five, six, seven, eight years ago, and all of a sudden it seems intense. They think, "Wow, DC's an intense market." No, the media landscape has changed dramatically in the last five years. It's intense everywhere right now. Yeah, because of social media. Yeah, well, there's, I mean, it's yeah. a, the landscape has changed. Dramatically. And, and and the media and the sports media in this town has always been consumed with the football team. There's no doubt because that's been where the majority of sports fans have uh, wanted to spend their time in terms of discussing the football team. And because they've been bad, people have been doing their jobs. You know, it, I, I think if the Redskins had been really good over the last 20 years, there would have been an annoyance with how over-the-top praising um, we were. Can you imagine if we had been doing our show during the Gibbs years? Oh, I, w- oh I would have been God. insufferable to deal with. <laughs> I mean, you would have, and it would have been impossible to listen to you because you would have been nitpicking things that people would have, would no. have responded to no, you I with. Would. They went 14-2, and two, Tommy. They went 14-2. and two. No, they they had Bobby Beathard and Charlie Castro then. I wouldn't have been nitpicking. And speaking, just to remind everybody that there's a baseball team in town too. If 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 the learners don't step up soon and give Mike Rizzo the contract that he deserves before his contract runs out in the end of Mar- in the end of October, I'll have plenty to write about. No matter who owns the Redskins and how good they are. Yeah. 
Um, let's talk about Larry Michael here in a moment after I tell you about Hawthorne. Hawthorne with an E dot C-O, not dot com. If smelling good is important to you because Hawthorne smells really good. And getting Hawthorne cologne is so easy. First of all, you go to Hawthorne.co and you take a quiz. It's such an interesting quiz. It's probably something that most of you have never thought about. And that is learning how your personal personal hygiene dictates the product that you should be buying. You know, what kind of facial uh, skin you have or what your hair situation is or how often you shower or what kind of deodorant you use or what kind of body lotions you use. All of these things will add up in this quiz to a suggestion on products that you can purchase right from Hawthorne.co or what kind of cologne you should be using. They find out a little bit about your lifestyle too. You know, what do you drink when you go out? Are you a smoker, non-smoker? What kind of work you do? What kind of food you like? All of that is a fun quiz to take anonymously, um, and it'll lead to a decision related to cologne. Take the two-minute quiz at Hawthorne. It'll tell you the two colognes that are best for you. It's totally risk-free, and if you buy product, it comes with free shipping and free returns. Check out Hawthorne at hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. Hawthorne.co, use my promo code and and my promo code on this one is Kevin DC, K E V I N D C, and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co. Use my promo code Kevin DC to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co. Well, one of the big stories um, that has been reported uh, and may or may not be tied to the big story, Tommy. My, my guess is that it will certainly be involved in the big story, but I don't know that for sure, was the sudden retirement of Larry Michael. 16 years the play-by-play voice, an employee of the team, a front office executive uh, on the team, and he retired yesterday. It was shocking. Shocking. Now, I, I've i known Larry for a long time. You've probably known him longer than I have. Yeah, I mean, I go back to Larry when he's been... He did boxing for years. I go back with Larry a long time. Right. So, um, the... And I've known Larry for 16 years, 16, 17 years now that I've been in the business. Um I think when Ron Rivera came in to, to the organization and got a lot of power, I think everything was potentially in play with anybody uh, out there. Um, but still, Larry uh, leaving without a press statement, without a comment from the team, um, was shocking and also awkward, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. This is what I think opened the door for, I think it warranted a response. If, if, if you're, I think this was something that, you know, Larry leaving like this warranted the response that I put out there. That, you know, this is a shoe dropping. It's, I don't think this is an isolated thing. I think, oh, I think we're going to find out everything's connected at some point. From the name change to the, to the minority investors to, to all of it. It's all going to be a connected dot situation. At some point, when all is said and done, so yes, this was this was stunning, stunning news. And uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of Larry, but I know how much Larry likes being the voice of the Redskins. Before we get get more in um, depth about Larry, Alex Santos, Richard Mann, and Larry Michael does not equal bombshell story. So. This isn't like these three people have been dismissed from the organization. Larry technically retired, um, and that's it. We wouldn't be hearing about this bombshell of a story, no offense to Larry, but it just wouldn't rise to the level of bombshell. You know, there's a lot more to this, is my guess. I would certainly guess that. Um, Yeah, so couple of things uh, about Larry. I, I was very surprised um, uh, about this. Uh, you know, I, 
I've had many conversations with Larry over the years. You have as well. You know, when Brian LaFamina came into the conversation, you know, Mr. You know, Rent Don't Buy, um, I think there was some concern with a lot of people in the organization about what Brian might do. And he might, you know, he might decide to make changes on the broadcast team. Well, Brian wasn't around long enough no. to make that happen. Um, no, Ron, he wasn't. Not even a full season. Yeah, Ron Rivera comes into the organization. And I think Ron Rivera's got responsibilities he never thought of, of having. And just as an aside, can you imagine the conversations he and his wife have had over the last month? Like, why didn't we just wait and take the giant job? That would have been a lot easier. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think Ron Rivera might be, um, you know, uh, involved in looking at, you know, the the broadcast side and the PR side. It wouldn't surprise me at all. But I'm, I, I was surprised yesterday. I've known Larry forever. Larry and I had a professional relationship. Um, I would never, Larry and I, it's not like we were ever good friends by any stretch of the imagination. We had a professional relationship because I was the host of the pregame show for years, for 13 years, and Larry called the games. And so Larry was a part of my pregame show every Sunday, and Larry was a part of almost, Tommy, remember, every Monday morning quarterback show the following morning. You know, there was a Larry-sponsored segment. And professionally on the air, um, you know, Larry was obviously the biggest homer in town. And it was ne- you were never going to get Larry to be critical. Um, but it was always a professional relationship. I-, I also, and I always said this about people who criticize Larry as a play-by-play guy, I actually thought he was pretty good as a play-by-play guy. And the 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 thing about Larry, he had an incredible challenge as a play-by-play person. He had essentially a four-man booth. I mean, Doc's on the sidelines. But in recent years, you know, he had Sonny and Cooley. And before that, it was Sonny and Sam. Let me just tell you, as a person that's done limited, limited play-by-play, it's hard enough when it's just the two of you. If you got to work an additional two people into the broadcast, that is really a skill. And I thought he did that well. And I was I was telling um, CJ too. I also thought he always got the big calls um, uh, accurate. Um, the 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 Sean Taylor pickup of the Troy Vincent blocked field goal in that Cowboy game. Obviously his his all time call, which was the RG three electrifying seventy six yard touchdown run. Um, but um, You've been in that booth, you know, on game days or game nights. I spent many um, games in that booth. Many times when I did that pregame show, if I didn't turn around and go home, I would go right to the booth. And uh, Larry was always very welcoming. And I was always concerned. Like, I remember every single year I would say, look, if, if I'm there and I come up, if you don't want me in there and it's a distraction – Tell me, I totally get it. And he always said, absolutely not. You're totally welcome uh, in the booth. And, you know, you've been in that booth. That booth was a three-ring circus. I mean, they must have auctioned off every week visits for fans to come in during the games. You know, it would be like in, in during the games, you, you'd you see Larry and Sonny and Cooley or Larry, Sonny and Sam in the front row. And then no less than two or three feet behind him was like a crowd of people, you know, sitting there watching. That's not what most radio booths are like. Um, and he always uh, was very uh, good with the fans um, in particular. Um, I think he was always very uh, kind with the fans and was always surprised at how he was able to um, work in that environment on on many Sundays and Monday nights and Thursday nights. Not to mention he called basically, you know, the worst stretch of of the franchise's history. Um, Didn't have a lot of big games to call over the years, that's for sure. So if he's this great guy, if he's this great broadcaster, Great friend to the fan. I did I your Why is he gone? Well, first of all, you just put words into my mouth that I didn't speak. I think I think you go back and listen to what you said. I think that covers it. No, it doesn't. It doesn't okay. cover it. I am not I I've known Larry for a long time. You've known Larry for a long time. Like a lot of people, he has their pros and there are cons. The radio station had a very antagonistic relationship with the team. 
You know, I'll leave it at that. As a play-by-play guy, I never thought Larry was terrible. A lot of fans did. He followed Frank Herzog. Frank Herzog was a legend. I know a little bit about play-by-play. I know the challenges he had, and I thought he was pretty good at what he did. So that's really what we were talking about. The, The radio station, over a long period of time, had a very, as you know, antagonistic, difficult relationship with the team, even though we were not only the flagship station of the team, we were owned in part by the team owner. And yet um, there weren't many uh, benefits, let's just say, that we got. We didn't benefit necessarily from that relationship as we should have, could have, which in turn would have more likely than not benefited them. But part of that, just to be candid, was their PR people, and I think Larry to a certain degree, always viewed us as show hosts on that station as people who weren't, you know, uh, favorable towards the team, who were too critical of the team. And the the irony of, of all of it was at that station, as you know, with the exception of you and Tony, everybody else was either a former player or a born and raised Washingtonian who was a big fan. Yeah, you're right. And wanted them to win. Yeah. So there. What, what else? No, no, I got look. I, I'll just say, not a big fan of the guy. I know you're not. I know you're not. All right. Um, enough uh, about that. Uh, we got a couple of other things to do, but real quickly, Roman.com. Uh, if you're struggling with erectile dysfunction, Roman makes it easy for you to get access to the treatment you need. Our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. You want that because it takes in many cities around the U.S. up to a month to get a doctor's appointment. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Grab your phone or your computer. Complete a free online visit. You'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy will ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You'll also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you've got questions or just want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. If you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com. That's GetRoman.com. Use my promo code Sheehan for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. All right, so uh, certainly all of this could be dated by the time people listen to it, but as you said, time stands still when we do this podcast together. What are the predictions here about what we're going to get between now and the end of the day or tomorrow morning? What, what, let me ask, ask you, when would be the opportune time to release this story? Does it matter anymore? Is there, is there a good time? I've noticed that a lot of their stories sometimes that are big, you know, come out in that 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. time frame. Well, I mean... You save your big in the old days. Again, I mean, I'm not in, in as hands-on as I used to be, but you saved your big stories for the Sunday paper, assuming that people would read more on Sundays than any other day, and you had more room usually on Sundays to devote to a lengthy piece. I mean, I don't know if that's the case anymore. I suspect that what's going on is lawyers are are probably checking every single line in this story, and they're having a battle about every one. Uh, you know, because, like, I remember, I mean, you know, I mean, Dan Snyder sued the city paper because of a stupid cartoon, yeah. you know? Yeah. So uh, I suspect this is, a, uh, this is uh, vetting the story so that they feel that they can, they can defend themselves. If they have to. All right. Um, my prediction um, on this is that the story will finally be out by late tonight, tomorrow morning. And the story will disappoint um, as far as Snyder goes. That's my prediction based on nothing other than 
the Josina Anderson lawyer stuff. I just have a feeling that the Post may, this is based on nothing, may have to back off some of its assertions about direct impli- directly implicating Snyder in some of this stuff. That's that my... may be the case, but that's possible, certainly. But like I said earlier in the show, there will be more news organizations that will be pursuing this story. That's fine. I'm, pre- I'm predicting about what will happen between now and tomorrow. I think right. we will finally get the story, and we'll read it tonight, probably online, and it'll be in your newspapers tomorrow. For those of you that still read a newspaper, I still have a newspaper right in front of me. Um, and uh, and it will be, you know, a blockbuster in terms of some of the culture stuff that was going on, and it could include things that are, you know, um, untoward from a sexual standpoint from a booze standpoint um i I, i'm just guessing here uh and it also could be oh by the way i don't know if you saw this but here were the reasons that alex santos larry michael and richard mann are leaving the organization i doubt that that's it i think it's going to be a lot more than that but what do i know nothing i'm i'm just i'm just as as much anticipating it as all of you yes let me leave you with uh a text I received from Neil in Rockville, our legal advisor, earlier, who texted, My only fear is the Post has dug up and tracked down the true story of you, Doc, and Chuck in New Orleans. <laughs> Lying about playing for Notre Dame? Well, no, that, that was Indianapolis. Oh. No, New Orleans, like Chuck said, could have been a 30 for 30. How? Why didn't I go to that Super Bowl? How uh, well, is... they were only sending us one at a time, and I had weaseled my way into it. It's one thing I went to Indianapolis the year before because you didn't want to go to Indianapolis. That is true. I I did want okay. to go to. Oh, I didn't go to New Orleans because I decided that I would choose New York over New Orleans when they decided they were only sending one at a time. Yeah. Is it maybe? What... maybe... I think no, I, went, I, I you went to New Orleans and Indianapolis, and then I went to New York and San Francisco back to back. Yes, yeah, that's that's what happened. Yeah, and we both were in Miami and Dallas. We were both in Miami and Dallas, and we were in Vegas. And we, we'll never, we'll we'll never forget Dallas. We'll never forget Dallas. We were in Miami and Vegas. We were in Vegas a couple of times together. Oh, for fights, yeah, but for fights, mean, Super Bowl, the, Super Bowl. We our first one we did together was my South Florida, and then we did. Dallas and the ice storm, and uh, and then we started going separate. Well, I'll never forget that. Dallas because I was working as a talk show host and a chauffeur that week. Yes, you were. <laughs> yes, you were. You didn't want me to fall and hurt myself, did you? No, I didn't. But if I recall, that's where... So I'm looking at the Super Bowls. Yes, that Miami 2010, February 2010, was our first Super Bowl together because I think we were doing the show the year before, and I didn't go to Tampa. No one went that year. No one went. Yeah, and then we went to Miami. We went to Dallas. Um, you went to Indy. You went to New Orleans. And then I did New York, Arizona, and San Francisco all in a yeah. row. Yeah. Because the, the Arizona Super Bowl was the one that they had us booked in basically a motel where there were crack deals going on in the front of the motel. And I said, no, that's not where we're staying. We did the same thing in San Francisco. I wish you would have said that in Dallas, because the one thing I remember about Dallas is the the Monday night before the ice storm hit, sitting in the lobby of the hotel uh, with the cops that that the Dallas police had stationed at the motel all night. Yeah, on a regular basis. It was right off that that interstate. The, yeah. But I'll never forget. I know people couldn't care less, but so what? I'll never forget that Monday night. It was the first night we were there, and in the middle of the night, you just heard the sleet pellets pounding off the hotel and off the door. And the following morning... You open the door, and it was an ice rink everywhere. 
and it yeah. never went away the rest of the week. The temperature nope. stayed at basically 22 degrees the entire week, and they don't have snow removal or ice removal equipment in Dallas. It was a nightmare to get around. It was. It, it was. It was. It was horrible. The New York Super Bowl was um, of all of them during that stretch. I think the New York Super Bowl was the most fun. It was. It was quite a week, Tommy. <laughs> quite a week. You know that might be the next post investigative report. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, uh, we're done for the day. I'll be back Adam tomorrow. Schefter, wait a minute. Adam Schefter just tweeted. The Washington Post is preparing a story about its NFL team that is expected to highlight the culture that has existed. Within the past week, front office members Richard Mann III and Alex Santos, as well as play-by-play voice Larry Michael, all left the organization. Washington's NFL team has hired D.C. attorney Beth Wilkinson to review the organization's protocols per league sources. While Wilkinson is expected to conduct a deep dive into the organization's past culture, team officials are highly upset and frustrated about speculation run, run amok. <laughs> there you go. Look, that's Schefter. This is a real report here, people. Yes. This yes. is a real so report. The, the, team, the team has hired a, their own lawyer to review organization protocols. Um, Wilkerson. Wilkinson. I'm looking to see what law, law firm she's a fe- with. A female, not a male. Right. I'm, That's important to note. I'm trying to see if she's done any other big recent cases. Um, Wilkins, uh, she she represented Hillary, Hillary Clinton in the email controversy. Um She's representing uh, she's representing Emmett Sullivan, the, the federal judge in the, in the Michael Flynn case. So she's a high profile uh, attorney. She's married to David Gregory of oh okay uh, formerly of of NBC News. I don't even know where David Gregory yeah. wor- Gregory works right now. I don't know. Meaning- so that's the latest. the The team has hired a lawyer. To look into how horrific they've been. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but I do think that last line from Schefter, while Wilkinson's expected to conduct a deep dive into the organization's past culture, team officials are highly upset and frustrated about speculation running amok. And I would bet that that speculation has to do with things like Jeffrey Epstein and some of these other rumors that have been running rampant um, all over the place. That would be my guess. Well, you know something? If, 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 you're, if your behavior is bad, this goes, through, this goes for all walks of life. If you're a bad guy, people believe the worst. They have been far from exemplary in their behavior over the years, as yeah. as we know, so, and as most so fans people know. People would believe the worst. Yeah, they do. All right, so it took all show to get to some news from somebody yes. other than, uh, you know, whatever that fake internet site was that had the sex trafficking story. I have a feeling yeah, that that yeah. one was probably not true. Probably not. But we'll see. Uh, all right. Um, now that Schefter's weighed in, I bet you we do get that story by tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Probably. Uh, have you ever, in in a three day period, seen more discussion about a topic that you, that nobody knows anything about than this one? I I know we talked about it earlier, but as we've been sitting here and I just checked my phone, I have seventeen text messages. And you know, all is, de- all I mean, dealing with this topic. And, and I venture to gain two weeks from now, we'll be saying the same thing. And looking back two weeks before, and thinking those were the good old days. I mean, the name that look what happened to the. the <laughs> it's, story not about the name. it's not even a story. It's not even a story. Not even a story. It's crazy. All right. Uh, have a good day, everybody out there. Enjoy the day. I will be here tomorrow. J.P. Finley um, will be my guest on the show tomorrow. All right. uh, Hopefully we'll have a lot more to discuss tomorrow. Take care.